Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. We're glad that you've tuned in. A few things we wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show, and that's this podcast was created to be a tool to help you, primarily to discover and grow your EQ. Science and our own lived experiences confirm that the better we are at managing our emotions, the better we're going to be at making decisions, which leads to a better life. And that's something we all want. We're glad that you've taken out the time today to listen and hope that something that you hear will lead to a breakthrough. Hey, one last thing. We'd really appreciate a review on whichever platform you use to listen. And if you want to, leave some comments about what you heard today, as well as follow and subscribe. That way you won't miss a single episode as we continue this journey. And with that, the show begins. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ, and welcome to The Spirit of EQ podcast. The episode today is about the myth of winning. Life is a journey. Spirit of EQ helps shape and guide the road ahead for individuals, leaders, teams, and organizations striving to realize their full potential through emotional intelligence. Spirit of EQ is a coaching and consulting company that assists individuals and businesses to reach their full potential by developing emotional intelligence. In business, managers and leaders recognize the value of training to develop leadership skills. What they may not realize is that those skills are far more effective when they pay attention to not only performance, but also to people. Emotional intelligence is a crucial skill because people drive performance and emotions drive people. After this podcast, listen for a special opportunity to learn more. Joining me as always is, is Jeff East with the Spirit of EQ. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Hello, Eric and all our listeners. So, Jeff, everybody likes to win. And the place that we live, we've got a couple of teams that are uh, always on the minds of people who are into sports. Yes. The Ohio State University Buckeyes, right? If I can yeah. say it that way. Uh, even the Blue Jackets, Columbus Blue Jackets, are in the playoffs. Right. And we want to win. We want to win. At all costs sometimes. At all costs sometimes. But today's episode is not about sports, everyone, so I want to make everybody feel uh, at ease. But let's talk about this. Uh, what is the myth of winning? Can you unwrap that for us? Well, there's we, we have this desire just to come out on top. Um, and you're talking about sports. That's that's very cut and dried. There's the winner of the game, the winner of the tournament. You know, we just finished up the uh, NCAA tournament yeah, yeah. this week, and there there was a definite winner. Uh, but then there's a loser. There's somebody that, in in the case of sports or in the case of whatever, they've put a lot of effort into becoming very good to get to the point where they they want to win. So when they lose, that effort may seem like it was wasted. They may seem like they're not worthy. That just doesn't matter. That's in sports. But when we're talking about in, in daily life, we have disagreements. Uh, they could be all kinds of disagreements. They could be with your, your spouse, with people at work. We have these unspoken disagreements like uh, somebody cuts you off in traffic, and we're going to disagree about that. <laughs> They want to be in front of me, and maybe I don't want them to be in front of them. So uh, I like this term, we vilify the other. We make the other person 
in this, whatever this situation is, the evil one. Mm. And we always want to beat the evil one. We want to conquer them. So it's an everyday thing. It's just not winning a sporting event. It's just not winning a war. Right. It's everyday life. And that's where we live is in everyday life. Yeah. So I think it's very important to understand why we want to win. And sometimes it sounds strange, the consequences of winning. Gotcha. So, so is this rooted around um, – I mean, I think everybody wants to be right, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and maybe in some ways, um, maybe our brains really kind of continue to pound home a message that it's important to be right. Um, how do we overcome that part? Because it feels – in some ways, it feels like our brain is conspiring against us. Well, we, we kind of go go back maybe a little bit deeper. We've talked about how the um, – that part of your brain that's not real smart, the amygdala, mm-hmm. and think about it as your threat reaction system or TRS. It sounds like a military thing. I like that. But right. it's designed to protect you, to help you when you're in situations. But unfortunately, it's dumb. <laughs> okay. In a word? <laughs> in a word, it's dumb. It, the, the, you think of the most genius person in the world, their amygdala works just like everybody else's. It, it, has a situation it reacts to it. So when we're in a situation that we want to win, it kind of takes over if we don't want it to. And it's to tell us danger, like someone's words don't match their emotions. So mm-hmm. there's danger. There's a subtle threat. That that guy kind of urging over into your lane to try to get in front of you because, you know, construction. Right. So that's danger. This is the one that we run into a lot. Somebody thinks they're right and we're wrong. Mm-hmm. So the amygdala thinks that is danger. And that's what you said. That's why our brains like to be right. It's so, Jeff. I'm gonna I'm gonna go uh, I'm gonna go real world with you. Okay. True confession. All right. Uh, this happened about a month ago, and I'm on the road, and um, I get a guy who's right on my tail, and um, I can tell he's like wanting to go, wanting to go, and then he makes the old "I'm going to go around you and get in front of you," mm-hmm. and I confess, Jeff, that after he did that. I felt like I need to speed up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to catch up to this guy, and I'm going to get on his rear end because of what he just did to me. Is that my brain kind of urging me on a little bit? That's that part of your brain doing that. The, the comedian Jeff Foxworthy says if, you, if somebody does that to you, you should be allowed to get up under him, get him loose, and put him into the wall, <laughs> to borrow from NASCAR terms. Okay. That's, right. that's what we want to do. Okay. So there again, true confession. And, and what I realized as the further I got down the road is that, Eric, what are you doing? I mean, of course, I lived to tell. I did not take the guy on. I didn't go aggressive. I, I slowed down. Um, but it, it's just, you know, your points about that, how the brain operates, I just think is, is fascinating. I want to ask you a question before you yeah, go further. Absolutely. So let's decide, let's pretend that you decided to do something. Mm-hmm. Okay. This guy is winning because he's one car length ahead of you. Okay. Right. <laughs> All right. At 60 miles an hour, a car, you're going 88 feet per second, and a car is about 15 feet long, so a fourth of a second in front of you. Right. <laughs> okay. If you would have done something to win that, what would have been the consequences? If you would have won that battle, what could have happened? Uh, it could have produced an accident. Somebody okay. could have got hurt. Okay. Um, it could have – I mean, it, you, we've – 
read, heard, and seen the stories about road rage where somebody gets out of the car and mm-hmm. decides that you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot. Okay, uh, so there could have been a major conflict. Um, uh, I again, as you're asking me, that's getting me thinking. Well, this would have certainly potentially impacted my my wife and my kids because <laughs> if I got hurt or someone else got hurt. That falls to them. Okay. Right? Um, when I think about my kids, my kids are influenced by my decision making <laughs> and what I did, um, and I lose maybe some of that earned um, respect, love, admiration, what have you. So those are some things that run through my mind. So you would have won, but lost, <laughs> and the loss would have been a whole m- much. It would have been so much larger. And I don't, that's the other thing, because I'm, I'm glad you brought this up, because it's kind of making me think, do you really win in the end? That quarter second? What are you going to do with that quarter second that you won by getting back in front of it? And that's a great <laughs> point, too, Jeff, right? Because in the end, I'm going to look at that, and I'm probably going to regret the win, right? Because mm-hmm. of what I did to win. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's how it gets messy, some little thing. Uh just can has so many uh, consequences that we don't think about. Yeah. I mean, you look back even in, in in history where somebody has won, but what was the cost? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we don't want. I can talk for hours about that. But <laughs> so hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of shift gears a little bit. There was something else that you know uh, before we um, started recording today. Emotional aikido. Mm. So. Correct me if I'm wrong. Aikido is some type of martial arts. I've never heard the term emotional keto, though. Aikido. Sorry. Okay. Um, so talk a little bit about that. What, what is that? Well, um, I want to be you know, perfectly honest. I'm, I'm borrowing what we're talking about from an article by Josh Friedman, who's the president of Six Seconds, yeah. who we work with. Yep. Um, and that's his term. Ah. And Aikido, my understanding of it is uh, it's, the, it's the martial art where you take – what the enemy is coming at you and redirect that energy for your purposes to knock them down, to throw them into a wall. You see that, you know, there, there's always in, in a, a movie where you've got the, the, the small hero going up against the, the big bad guy and the big bad guy comes from him and he sidesteps and, you know, throws him. So he uses the energy from the opponent mm-hmm. to get the result he wants. But he's not talking about doing it to damage it. You're redirecting the emotion of the conflict, and it's basically so that you can stand next to the person in this conflict, so you can both look at it more calmly. So, you know, there's three kind of easy steps. You can tune in, mm-hmm. which, you know, we talk about that a lot when we talk about emotional intelligence as far as enhanced emotional literacy is a competence that we use, but tune in what what is actually – causing the conflict, how are you actually feeling about it, mm-hmm. then you choose yourself. That's that taking that six seconds we've talked about, and you de-escalate it, at least in yourself, and then you give yourself. You maybe give up your desire to be right. So, Jeff, um, though I made that somewhat colossal mistake on the road a month ago, mm-hmm. I, I think as you're saying that, I kind of kind of applied that concept because of – the fact that we are not sitting here today talking about how I had a black eye and you know <laughs> my car has been totaled. Yeah. Eventually, and I don't know how many seconds went by, but I mean it was within maybe fifteen seconds. I began to like 
take that approach of, okay, all right, what are you really angry about? Uh, and why do you feel like that you need to, to do something? Isn't it a better decision to just back off yeah. and back off in a big way? I know those out here today and uh, that may be listening, they're going potentially, well, I got stuff coming at me a million miles an hour, Eric. I, sometimes I don't have time to, um, to take and evaluate and do these things that you guys are talking about. What do you say to that person? Well, it's, it's just like anything else. It's practice. Ah. You develop that practice. No matter how good you get at this, that first step is always going to be the same because, like I said, that amygdala is not very smart. That part of your brain, mm -hmm. it has a job to do, and it's going to do it no matter what. It's going to do it. It's like a smoke detector in your home. It can't tell the difference of you burning a cake in the oven mm -hmm. or the house on fire. There's smoke, so it's going to let you know. It's been designed to detect. do that, and that's the same way with your amygdala. It's going to let you know, but you have to have the practice of, okay, it's giving me this information. And once again, we, we've said it probably in just about every podcast, take that six seconds. Yes. Count to ten or a couple. Do something <laughs> to de-escalate it. De-escalate yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a great, uh, great, great point. What are some things that an individual out there could do? Maybe practical examples. I know you've given a few already, mm -hmm. you know, through through this episode. Uh, what are some other practical things that they could do to to maybe be better at um, the idea of of winning in a good way? Okay. If I can say it that way. So you might want to uh, make an I statement. You know, these are kind of couple counseling 101 things. You know, I feel whatever it is. You know, I, I feel that, okay, it's a work situation. And you and your colleague have two different ways they want to go with a project, like say. You know, I feel that, you know, you're not listening to me when I'm trying to present my side of the argument or my side of the idea. Um, you know, I feel that I'm, I just feel upset about this. You state what you're feeling, put that out there first. Mm -hmm. And then, then from there you go to the, the, you know, what the next step would be. Then you allow them to say what they want to say. Why are they feeling this way? So you get all the information out there because you can't make a good decision without all the information. And when you're dealing with someone else, you need their information too. go back to your, your thing with the, the guy that went around you just to pretend like you talked with him. Maybe his wife was in labor. That's why he was making that decision. I mean, obviously, you're not going to call him up on the cell phone and ask him, why did you do that? And he goes, well, my wife's having a baby. And you go, okay. But that's right. kind of an example. You don't know why he made the decision. And isn't that kind of just to reinforce that it's important to really know before you act right. or respond? Mm hmm. Yeah. You know, find out if it's a work situation, you know, the, the other person might be saying something like, well, I, you know, in a previous experience, this is what went wrong or mm -hmm. this is what worked. So you need to you let that other person, the other part of this winning or losing, have a chance to say what they say. Mm -hmm. And then you work on it together. You know, then they then you could have a, you know, a calm discussion about it where they could explain i've had this experience happen dozens of times and we've tried the way that you're saying and it didn't quite work mm -hmm. but maybe i'm not really happy with how my decision was so what can we do together to come up with the winning situation 
Yeah. Yeah. That's great insight. That's great insight, Jeff. I think we've kind of established that we're basically reframing the idea of winning. Mm -hmm. Um, And, uh, you know, we've heard that phrase before, create a win-win type situation. Mm -hmm. And I think in the end, I mean, we're kind of painting that picture here is that it's not a always a, a zero sum game, right? Right, right. Yeah, and and I think you know the most most important thing is with practice you can choose how you want this to come out. What what is the result I really want? And that's part of the emotional intelligence. I'm so glad you say that, Jeff. Uh, and I know that we've kind of touched on it in other episodes, but the idea of the practice and the work. I, I think as a company, we we really pride ourselves in making sure that we let whether it's small, large, or in between, that you have to be willing to put in the practice and the work. Right. This will not be – you're not going to listen to the podcast episode today and then automatically tomorrow you're going to be just awesome at it. Well, because Eric, he admitted, and I admit, I don't always do this yeah. <laughs> because you, you can't get caught at a bad time or whatever. Right, and and that, that should be rather liberating, I think, for all of us to understand that this is not a perfection game. Because, um, number one, we know that, right, uh, when nobody's perfect. I think what it is is that it's just enhancing the tool that, that you have to um, manage it better. Less situations that cause me harm, less situations where there's unneeded or unnecessary conflict. It doesn't mean that it won't happen ever. It just means you're you're reducing the amount of that. And I think that brings a whole lot of peace, if you will, uh, to people if, if they get there. So with that, Jeff, I think we're going to sign off. So uh, thank you once again, as always. And you've been listening again to the Spirit of EQ podcast. Take care, everyone. Thank you. Thanks for subscribing and listening to the Spirit of EQ podcast with Jeff East and Eric Pennington. Spirit of EQ is a preferred partner of Six Seconds, the Emotional Intelligence Network. Six Seconds is a nonprofit organization researching what works in emotional intelligence. Best practices are shared through methods and tools that are global, scientific, and transformational. To find out more about Spirit of EQ or to request a speaker, go to spiritofeq.com. Our contact information is in the podcast show notes as well. And now for our special offer. Hi, this is Jeff again. I just want to let everybody know that if you have any questions or want more information about anything we've talked about, just send me a quick email. My email is jeff at spiritofeq.com and I'll get right back with you. Thanks. Hi everyone, this is Eric Pennington with the Spirit of EQ. I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff, you're with me as always. So yes. how do people get in touch with us? Well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spiritofeq.com. That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them. So reviews on all of the platforms, wherever you get your podcasts, yes. you think that'd be good? I think that would be great because, one, that will help us learn how to make better ones. And it's always good for us. So to we're, hear. we're not the perfect podcast host. We're close. Okay. All but, right. But, but not, still, not totally. We want perfect. your feedback. We want your feedback. But it it also might uh, let us know a new subject. Hey, we need to dig deeper into that. Yeah. So let us know what you think. 
Cool. We really appreciate that. As always, too, there is social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. Those also have mechanisms or, or options for you to be able to leave a comment, a like, or those kind of things. Just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us. Right, Jeff? Right. We appreciate you all. Thank you. Once again, we really appreciate you tuning in today. One of the things that Jeff and I want to bring to your attention as well is that when we created this podcast, it was not intended to take the place of a clinician. In other words, if you find yourself in a place where there's something deeper going on or something that you cannot solve on your own, we do recommend that you reach out to a clinician of some sort. This podcast is purely opinion-based And it is rooted in the desire to help you along your path in whatever way we can. However, it is never going to replace, nor should it ever be looked at as a replacement for clinical help in any way. Thanks again for tuning in.